Hi, this is Patty Johnson. My Be A Wavemaker podcast is a conversation on change, how to lead it, prepare for it, and thrive when work and life are full of surprises. I'll have Wavemaker guests join me and we will share ideas, tips, and strategies you can use now. We all want to build resilience and increase our confidence in ambiguity. This conversation is where we deconstruct these topics to give you real-world insights so you not only welcome change, but initiate it. I hope you'll join us. Today's conversation is about the power of giving. We spend so much time thinking about how we're going to create change around us. How do we start change often in our organizations or in our lives? But this conversation today is really about creating change inside of us so that we are ready to look out and make a difference in the community and the world around us. Think outside of ourselves. And so for those of you who are wondering, what do I do? How do I even get started on this? This conversation with Rebecca Powers will give you some ideas. It was so inspiring for me. Rebecca is the founder of Impact Austin and the author of her brand new book, Trust Your Cape, How Women Find Power in Giving Back. Please enjoy, and I know there are going to be some great ideas and little kernels in there to help get you started in how to really find that power of giving inside you. Welcome, everybody. Thank you all for joining today. Our topic is a timely one, and we're going to talk about giving back, even if you kind of don't know how to do it, which I think of all years we have, I've had more conversations with my friends, I think than ever before about how do I find my way to give back? There's so much need, but what do I do it? How do I do it? Where do I go? And today we have the perfect guest to get into this conversation. So I want to welcome Rebecca Powers. Rebecca, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Happy to be here. Of course, I'm glad you're here too. Let me just do a quick introduction of Rebecca and then you tell me what I've missed that might be important for somebody listening. Rebecca started Impact Austin in 2003 and it is a collective giving organization of women and that organization, they take the, the contributions and think, what can we do with that to have an impact in the, with across Austin? And I know you've also helped other cities get their their same type of organization started as well. And previously in sales and IBM, so you have that corporate business experience and you're a new author, which is fantastic. And uh, your book, Trust Your Cape, How Women Find Their Power in Giving Back comes out today. What have I missed, Rebecca, in your story? I can tell you, tell so much more about you, but what have I missed? Oh, I think you hit the high points. I am a very happy wife and proud mom of two young adult kids <laughs> and one perfect grandson. Perfect. I I, well, <laughs> perfect. It can't, yeah, can't get any better. The other thing I want to say before we dive in is, you know, even though your book is really how women find their power in giving back, we know that not everybody on this podcast, we know that, that we have men listening and that's good. Everything we're going to talk about is totally translatable. So it will be relevant to you too. So let's dive right in, Rebecca. You created Impact Austin and wow, anybody that hasn't looked, you go on the Impact Austin website, you can see how much it's grown, how many women are involved. But way back when in 2003, 
talk to me about your inspiration and how you knew this was what you needed to do. Sure. And thank you for, for asking that question. A lot of times people will say, you know, well, what inspired you to start the organization? And I wouldn't necessarily say it was an inspiration. My brother was dying at the time and the inspiration came from a magazine article that I was reading on an mm. airplane coming home from seeing him for the last time. And it talking about a group of women who had done in their city what we are now doing here in Austin. And I was heartbroken. I was angry at God. And I didn't know what I was going to do with all of those feelings. And I'm sitting on the airplane and I opened People Magazine just to escape for the right. three and a half hour flight home. Right. And there is this story about women pooling their $1,000 donations and giving a $123,000 grant to a dental clinic for the homeless. And it was in that moment, I asked myself two questions. Do we have homeless people in Austin, Texas? Mm -hmm. which will help you understand that I was pretty much living under a rock in my little neighborhood in the northwest part of Austin. But I don't even know if we have homeless people. And if we do, where would they go to the dentist? And it was a light bulb moment for me thinking, oh my goodness, there's a need. There's a huge need. And what other needs might there be? And so I just right then and there said to myself, Austin has over or close to a million people at the time in 2003. Right. And surely there are 99 other women in this city who can write a thousand dollar check. And we're going to pool all our money. We're going to find a nonprofit we like, and we're going to give them a $100,000 check. And that will heal the hole in my heart. So that was, if you want to call it the inspiration. And then I felt like, I would be on a positive path instead of staying angry. Did you look at this as a way of honoring your brother, healing yourself, all of the above? I did. And he left two, at the time, young adult children, they're in their 40s now, who were devastated. And he was their biggest fan and supporter. And I also thought that by doing something positive like this and making a difference in my city would help them see that their dad's passing away could have real meaning and cause a positive effect. So yes, I did believe that it would uh, help heal the hole in my heart. And it did. I can imagine. It probably does to this day, doesn't it? It does. It does. And I don't see it, it as when I would, you know, invite women to join the organization early on and I would, you know, they would say, well, why did you start this? You know, what, where'd you come up with this? And it would be really hard for me to get through telling the reason without tearing up. And now 18 years later, there's just a lot of joy in my heart because He's where I know he's in a good place. His kids are doing well. And Austin has had the benefit of, of women this. pulling their resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it feels better. It feels better. And 
So let's talk about that a little bit. So how did you go from having this article, which is amazing that this article really started you thinking, how did you go from thinking, this is what I want to do from actually kicking it off and and going? (laughs) Well, and I don't know if... (laughs) This probably doesn't sound normal or whatever, (laughs) but I knew on that airplane that I was going Mm -hmm. to do this. You're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then what punctuated that is I got home from the airport at 1247 a.m. and woke up my husband and uh, crawling in bed. You know, he's just like, oh my gosh, Rebecca, how is Peter? And my response shocked both of us because I just looked at him and said, Peter is going to die and you are not going to believe what I'm going to do. And he's like, what? What? And he's trying to, yeah, process. And he's not, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I had already named the organization by the time I got home from the airport and even told him, this is what I think I'm going to name it. This is what I'm going to do very briefly. He thought perhaps in the morning over a cup of coffee would be a much better time to get to his talk support. about it. Yes. <laughs> but yes. I but knew it knew. was so something that I should do. And he and I talked about it off and on for four days. He's a, a, a former IBMer. I say that only because very successful businessman who very pragmatic asked me lots of questions. I can idealize anything. And he had to, you know, bring me back Mm -hmm. down to earth. And finally he said, you know, Reb, you've got to go try this because Mm -hmm. the regret will be awful if you sit back and go, I wonder what would have happened. And so I'm, you know, I'm happy to support you in whatever way you need. And what that did was give me the freedom and the courage to tell when you're like, what did you do? I told every woman I ran into what my idea was and what I was going to do. And I asked two questions or I said, tell me, you know, pull me back off the edge of the cliff if you don't think this is a good idea. And please, you're allowed to tell me I'm crazy. But if you don't do either one of those two things, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go. And okay. it's just fun to see women get excited going, oh, I'm sure. well, if she can do it, I, I think I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just give the listeners, give the headline of what's happening today with Impact Austin, what it is and where where you've taken it. And then I want to go back and I want to deconstruct that beginning because you've mentioned several little kernels in there okay. that I want to talk about. Sure. So... 18 years into this, our model, it has evolved a little, but we typically every year have between four and 500 women who have contributed $1,000 to our grant pool. So we make between four and $500,000 worth of grants back into our community. And we do that because the nonprofits apply for our money. And we have certain focus areas that we're interested in and health and wellness, education, community action. And we have just created a new focus area called equity, which is really focusing on women and girls in marginalized communities and women of color. 
And um, so we've evolved depending on where the real needs are. And our members sit on grant review committees. They read the applications. Um, over the years, we've taught them what to look for. And it's amazing how women don't think they're very smart sometimes. And then when they make really powerful decisions, it is a, a beautiful thing that all of a sudden confidence blooms mm-hmm. and they want more and they want to mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. So we've, over 18 years, we've put seven and a half million dollars um, wow. back into the community. That's and incredible. we giggle, those of us who have been around a long time, because it started you know, we just wanted to do a hundred thousand and just do it. <laughs> yeah. But, but the model is so participatory and so accessible for women. A thousand dollars, it's not 10,000. It's right. not a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And we all know that the heart walk comes to our front door. We might give to the cancer society that over the course of a year, I realized I'd never given a thousand dollars to anybody till I started this. But I realized over the year I was giving a little here and a little there, but I didn't know what difference it was making. If I took all of that and put it together and it was a thousand dollars that I gave to impact Austin, I knew exactly what my money was doing. That was impact. And that resonated with people. If you have line, mm-hmm. pardon me. Yes. And you mm-hmm. can, you can actually see, feel and touch what that money is doing, which many of us had never participated in our community that way before. So we were all getting an education. And it was, you know, not everybody can afford $1,000 a year, but it made it accessible for a lot more than what the traditional philanthropist would would do. And you don't have to do anything. If the ability to do is give a thousand dollars. We do ask you to vote, but there are no volunteer responsibilities. That was powerful. And then we have women who have either retired or they're out of the workforce now, they're stay at home moms and they want meaningful volunteer opportunities. And then they get deeply involved in the organization. Right. So it kind of worked Amazing. for everybody. Amazing. Worked for everybody. Now I want to go back to the beginning. And so I heard a few things and I want us to you know, as we, you and I have, have talked, Rebecca, not everyone will have this kind of huge impact that you've had. Other people, I mean, I'm sure many people that would be listening to this would think, oh my gosh, I'm doing my best. I'm paddling very fast at work. I've got a busy family. I've got all these demands and I'm not going to be able to do what Rebecca's done, but they still have that urge, right? To change and give back. And so you mentioned a few things there that I thought kind of stuck out to me. One, you acted on your, like you you acted immediately, right? On whatever your inspiration, what you wanted. The second thing taught that validation. I love what you were talking about that, you know, you have all, you have so many great ideas, but you really took time to have somebody, in this case, your husband, validate test me, push, push, ask the right questions. Did that talk about that for somebody who might not be doing something that that big? Just the the validation piece? Mm -hmm. You know, so to take that even one step further, yes, my husband validated me, but just by talking to other women Mm -hmm. and asking them what they thought about the idea, here's why it worked is because those 
that saw the beauty in the simplicity of the model, if you will, and who wanted to make a difference, didn't want to own it, okay, but they wanted to participate, they jumped on board. And they're like, I'll be a part of the team. If all I have to be is a part of the team, but I don't have to own the success or, you know, catch all the balls, that felt very comfortable. And so, and a lot of these women, I do have to say, did have time. Many did not and said, don't call me to bake one cookie. I'll give you a thousand dollars. I'm serious. One woman. Go away. No cookies. I know women's organizations (laughs) and you say, I don't have to volunteer and then you come get me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if you don't, (laughs) I will renew my membership. We've had a a running joke about that. But part of it was they could see biting off what they could do. They didn't have to know what the whole picture what the whole picture they wanted there. The other thing you did that is very consistent with my research on wave makers, people that start and initiate, activate change, and that is they don't go away and hide and come out with the perfect solution and say, here, do you like it? You tested it. You talked to everybody. Like you said, you started talking to people the next day. Did that shape where you were going? Did that influence the, the final? I'm sure it did. The final decision and the way you put it together. So I, yes, from the standpoint that, and I, and I believed this, my gut, that the women who wanted to participate were the right women. I didn't know why they were the right women, but if they could see the beauty in something that wasn't very formed, to me, it meant they had some creativity or the willingness to sit in ambiguity before we, you know, had a product. And so that validation even of just creating a team, we all took a piece of the pie and said, I'll go research this, you go research that, and we'll come you know, back together. And their lived experiences, their professional backgrounds, their passions all played into what the final model looked like. And so there were six of us who were called the kitchen table six, because that's where we (laughs) formed it. But we all felt so much ownership in the success. It wasn't my success. It was our success. Our success. And And that creates energy and people want to be a part of that. Right. And I think, you know, you trusted the future you to figure it out. And, and that whether it was all of you knowing like you will know what to do and how to move ahead. And I also think, again, I know in my research, I found people that confident in their ability to learn. Like you talked about, you, you, you all sat around the table and you do this, you check out and, that. And Patty, I, and I apologize because it, it slipped my mind. What I was going yeah. to say was yeah. our theme in the early years was we are learning as we grow. And that gave us the freedom to make mistakes and own them and say, we're going to fail forward here. And, but it also reminded us that we would never start this thing if we waited till we had all the answers. For sure. Well, and that's so- always a classic thing that, you know, we always uh, say, actually, Tammy Pinkston was a guest on one of our uh, prior podcasts. And we talk about how, you know, if you have all the answers, you've waited too long. You're right. You've, you've <laughs> missed it. That's a great quote. That's Tammy Pinkston. You, you know, it's true. Long. Yes. 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 So and, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all right. 
No, no. I, I was going to ask you, I want to now take this beginning experience that you had of, you know, having that combination of really of inspiration, but really coupled with grief and you feeling that need to act and moving quickly and getting other people involved. And like you said, learn as, as you grow. I want to take your experience that you had in starting Impact Austin and say, what about that person that is never going to be you? Is never going to create something this big, but yet still has that that urge to to give back and do more. What about your experience is is relevant here? This may be also starting to get into some of the themes from your book too, Rebecca. So I do not believe that there is a substitute for having passion about something in order to to make it work. And I say that when I think of an individual who wants to get involved in the community, you have to figure out what you care about and nobody else can tell you that. So you have to be curious and you have to, and you know, I used the internet. I had no idea what nonprofits were in my community, but I would type in things like education nonprofits, Austin, Texas, and something would pop up and I would go read a little bit about them. And some sounded interesting, some didn't. And if you spend a little time, if you don't know what your passion is, you've got to figure that out because you will not give all of yourself in a meaningful way if you don't really find something that you want to change or help change in whatever capacity that is. Once you know your passion, then you find organizations that could use your help. Whether it is, typically, I will tell you, Patty, most people do start out volunteering. So, because that's a way to get a feel for the organization before you might give them a financial contribution. Right. Or to commit give, to more. I'm or sure. commit to more. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but people who don't have time, they can go online if they find an organization or, you know, and I talk to my friends, what organizations do you know that are doing really good work? My thing right now is all about uh, sex trafficking and the slave trade and, and, erasing that. And we're doing a lot. Um, we have a great organization here in tech, but I have passion around that. When they come and ask me for help because they know I'm passionate, I have made that known. And so I'm someone they want to include. So you do have to make your your desires known. And that means you have to connect with a nonprofit in some way. It could be a donation online. Here's an idea that, that I think is fun. If people, you know, how would I get started? Mm -hmm. Here's an idea. Every night for 30 days, go to your wallet and take out however many $5 bills you have in it each night. And it may be zero one night, it might be two another, and put them in an envelope. And at the end of 30 days, just see how much that is and give that amount to a nonprofit in town. And what you have done is you have thought about the nonprofit. You've thought about what you're helping to fix. 
and you've started a little discipline. And you could do it with $1 bills. You could do it with change. The amount is not important. The significance is you are thinking about change in the community. And the community needs all of us at every level of giving. But you have to challenge yourself to actually do something because nobody's going to do it for you. And the way that, that I encourage people to either find their passion or find nonprofits is take one night out of the week. Take it, take the time you spend on social media, even though you mm -hmm. don't have time. We all have time to do that and trade that for research on the internet. Look at the United Way in your community and see the organizations they fund because they've clearly vetted them. Oh, for sure. And so you know, okay, well, that's an idea. You just have to start somewhere. What happens is whatever first place it is that you get excited about or you have a passion for, just being in that environment, whether it's donating or volunteering, you, you learn so much more because you hear it on the street because you're, you're involved and it, it will move you to different areas or to increase your giving in another area. Nonprofits now do big fundraising events over lunch. They used to do a lot of galas that has taken its, uh, at least in Austin, they've made a ton more money at their fundraisers that they do it over lunch and nobody has to dress up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. People yeah. are like, well, I'll go because I can wear what I have on. I can do what I But mean. those are highly publicized on your radio stations, on the internet, on TV. Go to one and buy a silent auction item or make a contribution and just test it out. But it is not going to fall in your lap. That's yeah. the part that we have to, to we have remember. to agree that we have to do something. So I heard three things. I heard it's not, like you say, it's not going to fall in your lap. It's not going to ring your doorbell, call you on the phone. So if you want to really make change, don't expect that. The second thing I heard was what do you care about? And it doesn't have, what are you passionate about? It could be education. It could be, as you mentioned, trafficking, human trafficking. It could be Whatever it is, and you're helping the homeless, whatever it is, finding what's that one thing that really makes you come alive. And then the third thing I heard do you do some homework, get out there, talk to your friends, do some research, find out, and then then do a little baby volunteer, test, test the waters a little bit and see, it should, is this where I should be plugged in? And whatever your definition of plugged in looks like, yes. find it. Right. Okay. And do I have that right, Rebecca? Is that yes, summarizing absolutely. you? And I think, so two things that I say to myself all the time, and not just with Impact Austin, but is, does what I'm doing right now matter? And is it creating significance? And significance is not dollars. It's not 18 hours of volunteering versus two. But am I doing something that matters, and is it creating some sense of significance? And if the answers to both of those are yes, and all it is is that I am walking my neighbor's dog because she broke both of her legs, 
Mm-hmm. I'm doing something that matters and it is significant. I love that. Mm-hmm. And so it can be anything. Um, and when we look outside of ourselves, like this, so here's the unintended consequence, though it's a joy, is that when you give outside of yourself and give back, it changes you. Oh, for sure. In a way that I think sometimes it sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you find, you know what? I don't really need that eight designer purse. <laughs> I could take what that is and go help, you know, yes. somebody. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's where the fun comes in, where people are making those choices and all on their own. And they're not telling anybody. But I find that the more I the more I get when I give back, I find that I keep giving more back. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you're connecting it to also just day-to-day practical decisions, choices, yeah. right? Choices. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we all, you know, here's the other thing, Patty, we, we all get to make those choices. And so if uh, purchasing something, you know, cause that's not to say you can't have eight designer purses, but I have friends sometimes who that is more important. And then they're like, well, you know, I just, I don't know how to give back or I don't. And I'll make wonderful <laughs> suggestions, <laughs> but some people don't really want them because then they have to be accountable. Yeah. And I think that's just part of, that's just part of growing up and, and being a good citizen of the community. Yeah. And it can look so many different ways. What right. it looks like doesn't matter. Doesn't it's that matter. you that yeah. you do something. And if the first thing you do is just be curious and learn, it will lead to some action that you will be happy that you about. can take. And I, you know, I, I love your example of, you know, it's as simple as looking outside yourself and you're, it's as, it could be helping a neighbor. It could be, you know, making dinner for a neighbor, or like you said, or walking their dog, whatever it is. Sometimes I feel that, uh, I guess it's true with anything, right? Anything that seems really big and hard. Oh, I don't know if I can deal with that this week. I just keep, I could be, I should be giving back more, but I'm not there yet. You know, I think what you're doing, you're kind of making it, let's don't, let's don't make it bigger than it has to be. It's right. just taking that first step. Exactly. And sometimes yeah. if you think it, or I can't make a difference if it's not really big, you know. That, yeah, exactly. And, and then you're mm-hmm. just paralyzed because you are not mm-hmm. going to go do that. And we, we've no. all been there. But you do your part and you participate. You do not have to solve the whole problem. Exactly. But if you pitch in and somebody else pitches mm-hmm. in, in whatever way works, it. I I have just found with this, we've had a little over twenty two hundred women go through Impact Austin over the last eighteen years, and can I just tell you, they are not just doing Impact Austin because they get a passion for something they learned about, and they find you know what, I do have more capacity, or I do have time to volunteer because I'd rather do that than the A, B, and C that I didn't think I could give up. That I could do. Exactly. And, and so it's a, it's a trade-off mm-hmm. and it doesn't, it doesn't mean everybody has to do it, but it is kind of fun when women just go, oh my stars, yes. you know, I never knew. <laughs> I never Make knew. that shift. Make that exactly. Shift. 
Exactly. Let's talk about your book, because I think we're starting to get into some of the things. Your, your book, by the way, uh, listeners, go find it. It's Trust Your Cape, How Women Find Their Power in Giving Back. And, and where can they find this book? It's on Amazon.com. Okay, on Amazon. Very good. Go order it there. But tell me, for both women or men that, that are listening, tell me why you wrote it. What's your purpose? What what would someone learn? What are Give us a couple of kernels that you've put in the book that they'll really be relevant to this topic. A couple of things. The reason I wrote the book, in one respect, it's a love letter to my family. Mm-hmm. And it is just telling my husband and two children how I've changed inside because of the support that they gave me, the patience they had when Impact Austin was my total life, and how much I appreciated that, and how you know they each made the experience transformational for me in, in different ways. But it's also an invitation to people to find their philanthropic voice and amplify it. And when they amplify it, they really do feel power, that they can change the world, uh, change a community. And just the idea of pooling resources and working with a group, because we're stronger together, we can make a difference where we live, work, and play. And again, it doesn't necessarily matter the amount, but the invitation is there Trust Your Cape, the title, is really a metaphor for two things. I trusted my cape, which were my gut instincts, that taking action, even when I didn't know all of the answers or what the end result would look like, I knew that my cape wouldn't fail me and that I could leap and I'd get the answers before I hit the ground. And that was just (laughs) innate innate Mm -hmm. gut feeling I had. Mm -hmm. But the other way I look at a cape is that, you know, we normally think it's worn on the outside, but what I have learned through even writing this book, when there were challenges, I just thought, I I just can't do this anymore. I'm not an author. But it's really the grit, the spunk, the moxie, whatever you want to call it, that's on my inside. It's that fighting spirit is what I think of that whispers to me all the time, keep going, Rebecca, especially when you think you can't. And I just want women to examine their capes. We all have one. You know, women, men, young people, what is your cape made of? And what is that power you have inside that you need to tap into? Because it can transform you and the people around you. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love the cape on the inside. And, you know, what you talked about of following your instinct and know that you will have the answers. You don't today, but when you, like you said, when you, when you hit the ground, you're going to have them. And it's that, that is so key in people who are wave makers. And I, I'm curious for someone who we have a lot of people, a lot of our friends who are, self-identified as perfectionists. They want things to be right. They want things to work. And what you just described is going right up against that 
that desire that so many of us have, how do you deal with that? My guess is for you, it probably comes easier, but given your experience, what advice would you give for somebody to say, you know, taking that leap is really hard for me to do. Yes. And I have to say that early on, there were some perfectionist attitudes that I had. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't so much that I didn't think we could start before we had everything worked out, but that if I didn't think how somebody helped was as good as what I could do, how do I make it better? Because it needed in my mind to be perfect. And there are parts in the book where, you know, I was laid low and I had people talking behind my back going, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to get this girl to, <laughs> to, to trust us, you know, that we have the yes. passion that she does. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't keep me from doing what it did is it got me involved in everybody's business instead of just encouraging the whole. And, you know, so I got called out on it and I, um, I had to get some coaching on it. So, so what helped you? <laughs> and that's a great insight. I can totally relate to it. And, you know, I guess one of the, you know, one of the things is always, is it that it's not as good as it should be, or is it just not the way you would have done it? And knowing the difference between those two is critical. And also this, here's what I learned, which I think is probably a universal truth that I had never understood. There are times when good enough is exactly what you need. And then there are times when perfect matters. Mm -hmm. So I would relate it to, you know, if we sent a newsletter out, it better not have typos in it because that was our brand, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm getting a board report from the treasurer, and it's not in the format, we typically do board reports, but all the information is there, that's good enough to make the decisions. And I had to learn that difference uh, painfully. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I will say, and then I want to close and ask you a couple of questions is your passion drive, you know, for wanting it to be great, probably bumped up against you know, it's natural. You know, what do we always say? Our greatest strength also can be where we have a soft spot. And I, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, you had this, it's going to be great. We're going to do this. Go, go. We're going to make it happen. And so I can see where you know, you're probably like, you know, it needs to be great. Everything needs to be great. So. Yeah. And I don't important. know if, if you're familiar with strength. strength oh, yeah, I am. But, I am. So my number one is woo, which means I can sell an idea. I can see that. Yes. And number two is activator. So I start stuff. And number three is achiever. I finish and meet my goal. You know, that is a formidable force in not always being able to behave correctly (laughs) (laughs) with, with my peers, because I'm like, what do you mean? You know, why can't we get this done now? Of course we can do it. I can so relate to you. I can so relate to you. Oh my goodness. So a lot of learning. A lot For of sure. place. For and sure. I was willing to learn. That was important. I had low moments, but I wanted to do better. And when I realized that being surrounded by women who were smarter than I was, was a good thing and not to be intimidated. Right. I thought I had to have all the answers initially. 
Yes. So oh, for sure. Yeah. So I got gotcha. you. I can, I totally under, we, we need to talk about that over wine another day. Yeah, I totally understand. Okay. In the last couple of minutes we have, I want to ask you a couple of questions that I ask everybody. First off, what do you know now that you wish you'd known then? What I know now that I wished I had known then is a definition of leadership that has helped me be a better leader. And that is true leadership only exists if people follow when Mm -hmm. they have the freedom not to. Interesting. And had I known that early on, I would have uh, changed some of my, I I would have adapted some of my behaviors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I so understand the importance of having followers because they believe in you, but you give them the freedom within certain parameters to be themselves. To be themselves. Yes. Understand. It sounds like you've gone through a journey on that as well. I just have. talking about your story. <laughs> <still>. we all? <laughs> and we still. all are working on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Second question. What are you watching, reading, or listening to today that makes you think? So I am reading, oh, and I, oh, but it's on my nightstand. It's an anthology edited by Brene Brown and another woman, Your Best Self. You're the best you've yeah. got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is an anthology of, I want to say, 20 women and men of color talking about being black in America and what their just personal experiences have been. It is compelling. And I am learning so much about my white privilege right now. So all of my reading and learning has to do with that. I'm almost on overload, but that is where my heart is. That's so good. This book just came out, I believe. It's uh, You Are Your Best Thing by Toronto Burke and Brene yes. Brown. Yes. I, it's so funny because I think every guest I've had so far almost has mentioned Brene Brown. So she's a, she is a constant by everybody in terms and myself included on an inspiration and just also the way to think about things differently. And That's for sure. You know, the other book that I, we've just been on a little vacation and the other book that I just finished on vacation is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And, and it just talks about being true to yourself and and she just tells the journey of her life and she's had an interesting one and i closed i finished that book and i had confidence i didn't have before okay now i've got to go get it untamed okay the other book that you all need to get is you need to get rebecca powers book right now on amazon trust your kate how women find their power in giving back and Rebecca, oh my gosh, I could we could have talked another hour, but we, we don't really have time to do that. But I want to thank you so much. So many interesting nuggets and words of wisdom in this conversation. And I hope it gives anyone listening just that nudge they need to start taking a few steps forward on giving back 
and, hey. uh, and looking outside themselves. Yes. And touche. Yes. Godspeed. And thank you. <laughs> Same for, to you. For the conversation. I loved it. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks. Thank you all for joining us today for Be a Wave Maker Conversations on Change. I hope you learned something new that you can take back and use. Please subscribe as we'll have more conversations on change coming very soon. Have a great week.